0: You're listening to a podcast from the House of Literature in Oslo presenting adapted versions of lectures and conversations featuring international writers and thinkers. You can find more information about the house and our events on our website. Buenas noches y bienvenidos a todos y todas a la Casa de la Literatura. Especialmente bienvenido al escritor guatemalteco, Eduardo Alfón. Es un gran placer que esté aquí esta noche. And then we'll switch to English before some of you in the audience get very nervous. Good evening, everyone. My name is Astrid Urdal, and I work with the artistic program here at the House of Literature, And it is my honor to welcome you to this event with Eduardo Halfon, which also marks the beginning of our three days program focusing on Caribbean and Central American literature. The Guatemalan writer Eduardo Halfon is a central voice in the new wave of literature from Central America and the Caribbean. He has also published 11 books altogether, he was named one of Latin America's best young writers by the Hay Festival of Bogota, and he has been awarded the prestigious French Roger Kalyons Prize. This fall, Halfon has two titles in Norwegian, The Polish Boxer, and Sorg, Morning, both translated by Signe These books are different in many ways. While the Polish boxer is an episodic novel, morning would be called uh, could be called a literary exploration of the death of a child. The narrator, however, seems to be similar in the two books. he has an eye for the comical and the absurd, but he is also characterized by a certain gravity and wariness of life, central to the world in, uh, central to the worldview and the exploration of identity that we find in both novels is also the trauma that the Holocaust has been and is for the Jewish people. In his latest novel in Norwegian, Morning Halfon's Jewish background is even more prominent in the story. We have been lucky enough to get writer and editor, editor Mattis Øybe to lead the conversation tonight. He too has written novels where horrific events affect the lives of individuals. His last novel, Elskira, from twenty sixteen, has the terror attack of july the twenty second as a backdrop for the story about grief and love. I am so happy to welcome both Eduardo Alfom and Martis Eber to our stage. Please give them a warm hand. Yes.
1: Thank you, Uh, you're all hearing me? Yes. Great. Um, In 1963, uh, the Irish writer Frank O'Connor published a small book called The Lonely Voice. There he presents a very interesting theory about the short story, where he tries to define it and separating it from the novel. In short, he claims the following. Where the short story is individual, the novel reaches for the general. Where the short story resists interpretation, the novel always tries to help its reader along to get its message through. Unlike the novel, where the characters, through the evolution of the story, evidently become representatives of something, a class, an emotional type, a disease, a case, a religion, politics, The people who populate the short story remain, according to O'Connor, themselves. It is the specifics, the details, the particulate that defines them, and is the hallmark of the form. He writes, The novel is bound to be a process of identification between the reader and the character. And he concludes, in the end, the short story is not. This is a theory, of course, that invites criticism. It would probably be easy to find novels and short stories that that doesn't fit the criteria. But anyway, I thought about Frank O'Connor's ideas while reading The Polish Boxer and Morning by Eduardo Alfon. because they too resist interpretation. Or more precisely, I thought I knew what I was getting but got something else instead or perhaps that is also a possibility i didn't get it at all it is as it is said in morning Sorg, about the m- meaning of the name and this is what i'm going to say wrong Amatit- amatitla perfect yes yeah. which is the name of the lake the novel is set the main character is told sometimes that it means a place Surrounded by fig trees. But he's also told other times that Amitlan means city of letters because of the hieroglyphs carved in the trees. But this is also told that it doesn't mean a thing. Ter Eduardo, welcome to Norway Thank and you. to the House of Literature. Thank you. So, are you a novelist or are you a short story writer?
2: You begin with an easy one. Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Jump off. Uh, yeah. Hello, everybody.
2: Can you hear me? Yeah. yeah? Um, uh, thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. It's, it's uh, an honor, really. Uh, my first time in Scandinavia. I'd never been anywhere. Uh, I had an ideal image of Oslo, uh, it's, and you're living up to it so so far. We'll see how the weekend goes. Uh, as you can tell by my English, I'm, I'm an English speaker. Um, before I answer your question, I'll just explain why my English is like this. Uh, I was born in Guatemala but left when I was 10 with, with my family and grew up in, in, in Florida in the United States. And English became my stronger language. You know this, right? Yes, Matis? I know this. Uh, when I went back to Guatemala after college, uh, I had to recover Spanish. I had lost my Spanish. We could, with my siblings, we could barely speak it. We could understand it because our parents always spoke to us in Spanish. But we would immediately, as soon as we got to the to the U.S., answer in English. So when I'm writing, uh, I only write in Spanish, but I'm thinking in English, which is very bizarre. Anyways, that's why my English is, is <laughs> and I am only a short story writer. Yes, you only a short story writer. I n- have never written a novel. Uh, some of my editors would disagree.
3: Yes.
1: Uh. And uh, I'm, I'm looking at the title page here, and it's called a novel. Well, n- no, no,
2: not th- this one is? Yes, yeah, this yeah, one as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Sorg. I'm sorry. Uh, am I saying that right? Sorg? Yeah, Sorg. Yeah, I, I, I think it's a long story.
3: Mm.
2: Yeah. Um, uh, it's long enough <laughs> that it can be published by itself and called a novel, mm. or a novella. Would that would that word exist in Norwegian? Well,
1: uh, except, or short, short, short novel. novel.
2: Um, but I feel very comfortable in the short story. I, I, I like what you said about Conrad. I had forgotten his description of the short story. And I particularly like the word resistance. Hmm. No? This, this resistance to something um, of this genre. Uh, to interpretation or to, to actually grab onto it. No? Hmm. You, they're hard to, to hold stories. Yes. Novels, not so much. Novels, you can you can you can get your hands around them. You can you can
1: interpret in many ways, different ways, but you can interpret. Um, and I and I think it's easier to, to ask the, the dreaded question every writer uh, uh, dreads is that what is your book about? You're yeah, right, right. And in, in my case, it's very
2: difficult yes. to, to write a, a, the text for the back cover is very very difficult, especially with books like the Polish Boxer, mm. where it goes everywhere. There's, you know, these stories go everywhere. And they were written as stories. Mm. They were not written as chapters. Um, so maybe I can answer you that way. Yeah. You know? when, I, when I write one of these pieces, let's call them pieces, um, I'm only thinking about that piece. I don't know what's going to happen when I start. Uh, I have an image, usually, um, that I want to get to or start from. It's usually emotional. Mm much more so than, than rational or visual. It's an emotional thing. And I let go. And I let that image take me wherever it needs to take me. This is something very hard to do for an engineer.
3: Hmm. Yes. I'm an engineer. And you're an engineer. I'm an engineer. I'm, I'm not, I am i do not come engineer. from
2: letters. I'm, I studied engineering. And I'm still very much an engineer when I write. But th- that impulse to, to, to just let go, I'm not in control here, the story winds up taking me somewhere completely um, new.
1: I don't expect it. So, The Polish Boxer, where did that start? Did that start in The Polish Boxer, the, no. the title?
2: No? No. no. no, 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 no.
1: The first story of
2: that book I wrote uh, was I don't know how you translated it um, uh, White Smoke. Yeah, Witrek. Yeah, White Smoke and Twaining. Mm-hmm. Also, those two I worked yes. on together which are there in the book, but no. I was just writing stories. Mm. Now, why does it work like a novel? Why, why does it work to put these stories together and have them become, what we called it with Tore, an episodic novel? Mm. I think that's closer to the truth. Mm. I think a novel is not precise enough. Um, because when you say novel, the buyer, in this case, is expecting something. There's an expectation when you buy a novel. Um, there's chapters, there's, there's, a, there's an arc, um, and in this case, it's it's not that. Uh, so I have a lot of disappointed readers. <laughs> I, I, do, yeah. I do, I do. I get the feedback from people who are expecting a different type of book. Expecting boxing, for example. Mm. Mm. For example, there's no there's no boxing in the
1: no, book. No, there's not. <laughs> no. There's
2: there's the there's a ghost of a boxer who's very very present but never appears. Um, so they work as a collection because it's the same voice. It's the same narrator. Mm. It's this other Eduardo Halfon um, who looks a lot like me, who has my bio, but smokes. I don't smoke.
3: No.
2: Smokes a lot. He smokes a lot. Yeah, mm. yeah, throughout. Mm. So he became this character that is looking for something. He's looking for something. I still mm. don't know what. And he began with those stories. He begins in the Polish boxer. That voice, I found that voice right there with those two stories particularly. Um, And then I kept writing other stories about him,
3: Mm.
1: Mm, Distant, the first story in the book, Mm. Uh, Epistrophe. Mm. About the Serbian -Serbian half-Serbian piano Mm. player.
2: (sighs) And finally, I wrote the title piece, Mm. The Polish Boxer, which is a story about my grandfather. Which is a true story about your grandfather. Which is a true story about my grandfather.
1: And yeah. what, what happened to him? What, what, uh, what's um, your grandfather? Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Um, I'm, I'm
2: going to assume most of you have not read the book, mm. so, so not to bore you with this, mm. because if you've read it, I'm going to bore you a little bit. The, 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 my grandfather arrived in Guatemala. He's, he was Polish. He was from Łódź, as you say in Polish, or, or he would say Lodge in Yiddish. Um, he was captured in '39 and spent the entire war in camps, so six years, and arrived in Guatemala in 1945 six, and never spoke about what happened. Uh, He just wouldn't speak of it. So when we were children and we would ask, what's that number? He would say, it's my phone number. Hmm. I had my phone number tattooed in case I forget it. That was a little joke. uh, And we eventually got that the joke meant, don't ask. I'm not going to talk about this. Late 90s, when I discovered literature, I discovered books very, very late. Uh, I was almost 30, when I started to read. Mm. But that's a different question. I asked him if he wanted to talk about it. I I went to my mother, his daughter, and and asked my mother which camps he had been in, and she didn't know. And I thought that was terrible, Mm. you know, for the the family not to know anything about what happened. And I went up to him and I said, do you want to speak? He said, yeah, sit down. Then he took out a bottle of whiskey, and I took out a camera, and I recorded it. Um, the first time he spoke in 60 years. So there was a lot of dust mm. on, on on the memories. You know? um, he was very tranquil, very calm, but no order. He couldn't remember what happened first, then I went, then um, the, the, the order he didn't have. Mm. And he told me a lot of really, really bad things. Uh, really big things. Mm. And within those, I think it was four or five hours, he suddenly told an anecdote in a minute and a half, probably not even that, probably it was like a minute, about a boxer. And I knew Matisse immediately, mm. I knew as he was saying it that that was his story. Mm. Um, you know the story, it's, it's a very beautiful, very yeah. powerful anecdote, <laughs> as, as it was to him. Mm. And I grabbed it and put it in my, in my pocket and didn't know what to do. Um, I'd tell people about it, I'd, you know, I'd mm. take it out and put it back in. And I didn't know how to write it, I didn't know where to start, uh, I didn't want to offend him, I was afraid to write it. And in the meantime I was writing all these other stories. But within those stories, this little anecdote would pop its head up mm. and then hide. And so you can see the genesis of the book, mm. because there is, a, there, there is a line that traverses all of those stories with his
3: hmm.
2: he is the line that goes through the book and eventually I wrote it eventually I wrote this piece I was kind of forced into it by my then publisher um, who wanted this piece he wanted to this be, piece yes. he wanted it's this not piece. finished yet so. no 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 it's oh. not finished you need this piece <sighs> and that's it the, so the original Spanish book uh, the, the Spanish version of the El boxeador Polaco this, the, the Polish Boxer is only five stories hmm. it's 95 pages one of those stories, The Serbian Pianist, then becomes another book. Mm. It grows. It becomes a chapter in a book called The Pirouette, which is included. It's, it's in part here, yes. Yeah. yeah. Another story of the book, um, White Smoke, Tamara, mm. is the chapter in Monastery,
3: mm.
2: which is another book. So this little 95 page book called The Polish Boxer starts giving birth, almost like a mother, <laughs> no? To other books. Uh, never planned. I didn't know what was going to happen. Uh, so the fourth one is Senor Hoffman, which mm-hmm. is also which also comes out of that, and it's st- stories of that same voice, of that same narrator. And the fifth one is Sorg, Duelo in Spanish. Duelo in Spanish is a great word, mm-hmm. and you don't you, you you miss a little bit in Sorg. Um, duelo in Spanish, and you since you read the book, you understand this, has at least three meanings. Uh, it means Sorg. It means Mourning, Hmm. um, but it can also mean combat, duel, Uh which is a very important Mm -hmm. uh, show in the novel uh, or in the story. And it can also mean pain. Yo duelo,
1: Hmm. I hurt, uh, and there's a lot of pain in the book. But uh, I'm, I I think this is uh, an interesting. It's almost like some sort of you writing, you you keep on writing. One big book, yeah. in a way. Absolutely. That's, that's perfectly stated. Yeah. Uh, so
2: different countries in all these translations, the Germans, the, the Japanese, they've put together all of these stories in however they see fit for their country. Um, we, we get together with each publisher, and I say, what, what, what version do you want? Do you want a short book? Do you want a long book? Because it is one big yeah. book
1: or do you want everything? Mm. I've yet to have the have the publisher. You want, want it. everything. Yeah, but I'm waiting. <laughs> but but something's happening uh, because uh, in this book there's nine stories and in the English version there's there are 10 10 stories. So there's one more. And one mm. of the interesting things is that this book it's really um, it's framed uh, like that the first novel like the first story is about a short story class right, right. right. Uh, eduardo is a teacher Is a teacher yeah uh, and the last story in this book is a speech speech about the relation between literature and and reality and reality mm-hmm. and uh as a, as a trained, not a trained reader, as a reader, I think, yes, this, is something, this pleases me because it's a framing. It gives a good framing. Yeah. Aha, this is a book about, among other things, literature. Yeah. Yeah. But then, Sunsets, which yeah. I haven't read, but it's part of the German and the English yeah. Yeah. version. Yeah. 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 It's another story. It's another story and it comes... After yeah. the lecture or the speech yeah. Uh, yeah. in Portugal. Yeah, yeah. Sunset is it's, is, uh,
2: <laughs> it's my uh, my grandfather's uh, death scene. He dies. And I, I enter the, the... The story opens with, with the narrator entering the room a Saturday morning and his body is on the bed. Mm. Um, so the Americans thought that was a good ending. Good ending. The, mm. the, the death of this character. Um, but Sunset, in Spanish, in the Spanish version, is a monastery.
3: Mm.
2: It's in a different book, and it will be hopefully in the Norwegian monastery, Klosterna. Mm. maybe.
1: <laughs> but you see what you yeah I, I, you see what you're doing. I, I, I think I, th- I thought about it when I read it uh, and, and saw these different versions. Which which book? Which the Polish boxer will be there when you are dead? you know, which is the definitive work okay, uh, Eduardo Alfond, he has this uh, Polish yeah, book, yeah. So this is yeah. the work. You know, Marlon James
2: was, was speaking earlier about the text never being finished. Um, when he was talking about translation and that a translation should be uh, constant. You know? there, there should be constant new translations of a book because it evolves. And I, and I was thinking when he was saying that that, that 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 is exactly what's happening with my stories because Ah. Uh, Translations have changed the original mm. so Signe, for example, found a few things in when translating the stories into Norwegian that later changed the original. so every time I publish again in spanish yeah, you I, change. I change everything yeah. I change things, I, I change order, I take out, I put in, so the definitive will be <laughs> the one right before I die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah? Uh, that's that's it. I'm done. I can't I can't touch this anymore. Uh-huh. But up until that point, I will play. I will uh, move. I will uh, contradict myself, as you know from mm. Povoa, uh, mm. which destroys the previous story. Uh, I think it's, it's 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 one big game. It's it's we, sh- we shouldn't be so solemn, you know, with with what we write.
1: Um, it isn't. But is it is it. What is, when you, uh, for example, is this part of the game when you put your own name into the story and you use yourself or your own name as a a narrator?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I started writing that way, you know, 15 years ago now, a little bit more than that. Uh, The first book I wrote, uh, called Saturno, Saturn, uh, it's a very strong book, it's a very short book, 40 pages, 50 pages, and it's a letter to a father. It's, it's written in second person mm. and it's a narrator who looks a lot like me writing, speaking to a father who looks a lot like my father I don't name him he still doesn't have my name uh, this I'll, I'll, I'll speak a little bit about it so, to answer your question mm. he's obsessed with suicide writers and he's telling his father about each suicide writer and how each father played a role in that suicide so Virginia Woolf's father, Hemingway's mm. father, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. many. All the while recriminating their relation, his absence. It's 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 a cry to an absent father, yeah. And you can feel that this narrator is going mad. He's slowly getting closer and closer himself to suicide. You can you can feel mm. this in the book. Uh, my father's alive, but I killed him in the book. Mm. It was very important to do that, metaphorically. This book is still verboten <laughs> in my family. Uh, we can't even talk about no. it. Uh, for obvious reasons. Yeah. But I was, uh, the first reviews that came out, I still remember the first review that came out in Guatemala. And the title was, Tenemos que salvar a Halfon. We have to save Halfon. <laughs> they thought I, that, that was me. Yeah, that was you. Hmm. And I loved it. I loved the fact that they read this little piece as real, as mm. true. Uh, so then my second book, I gave it my name. I said, I'm going I'm to take this. A step further? Yeah. Mm. Because what they were doing, Matis, was reading like children. Yeah? Mm. It's sold as fiction. My books are sold as fiction. But for some reason, when you get to
1: page five, you forgot that. And you read it as autobiography, yeah. as memoir. It's fiction. Even if you're in a trained critic in a newspaper, it happens everywhere. Mm. Everywhere. So I think it's just a little trick mm. to give him my name. No, I, I
2: could have given him, you know, Bolaño made his narrator Belano. Mm. But, it's Bo, but it's Bolaño, mm. no? Madame Bovary, c'est moi, said Flaubert. Mm. Uh, it, it, they're always us, There's, they're extensions of us. In my case, I get him really close, I take away any veil, I give him my name, mm. my bio, and readers. Believe the stories, and and, and that that belief—it's almost like a faith thing. No, um, why? It makes the emotional image that I want to give you much more strong, much stronger.
1: But you're going to feel it more. Yeah, but isn't it also? I I can see that, and I think it's an interesting game. But it's also it, the name uh, is two things. It's 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 an assurance because it's it says to us this is true, this happened to right. me, but it's also uh, a trick. You can feel the trick, because yeah. Yeah. in, in uh, The Polish Boxer, there's a, a girlfriend uh, who draws her orgasms. Right. And when you get to that point, you think, well, well, uh, I'm not sure if I, um, th- this is true, I'm not sure if this is true, and I'm, I'm part of the game. It you know? is true. Yeah, it is true. Yeah. Somebody who draws their yeah. orgasms? Yeah. Oh. It, it's all true. It's all true. <laughs> it's not all real, but, but it's all true. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So okay, That's the definition, yes. Yeah, but uh, it,
2: it, is, it is just a small trick. Uh, I'm very open about the trick. Yeah. But still, it, the artifice works for some reason. So the best way I can explain why I do this is that how I do it uh, is perhaps more interesting. I would say that the, the, my bio... Yeah, hmm. the, the fact that I give him my bio, my name, he was born in Guatemala, he's from a Jewish family, all of that is just the backdrop.
3: Hmm.
2: Yeah, if this was theater, that's the backdrop. The drama that is that takes place on stage is the fiction part. Yeah, um, that's the, that's the the illusion part.
3: Hmm. Um,
2: so my bio only serves
1: me as a context. Yeah, but but. As the story with the grandfather uh, uh, imprisoned in Auschwitz mm-hmm. and the story about the, uh, the tattoo and so on. That's really, really a powerful story. It? And it is as if we need it to be true right. and, and real, right. you know. And when you insert these games and isn't it a danger? I don't, I'm not saying it, it is because I think it works Beautifully, but it's in a danger that you make everything relative, in a way? Yeah. That you don't really have control uh, uh, of some of the motifs that you really need to be powerful? And but I don't have
3: control. Hmm.
1: I, I don't have control over those.
2: Um, the only thing I can do is, is, is put this together in such a way... This is artificial, right? So I'm putting this together in a, in a way that to you it looks whole. It seems whole, it seems real or true or, or entire. But I'm really... Um, it's, 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 it's all a trick. Mm. You know? It's all a trick. Because I am manipulating parts of the story. I'm giving you this first, then this. I'm withholding one, one piece of it because you don't need it yet. Mm. Um, so you can make a, a, a point uh, for all writing being fiction. Just because you 're always doing that, even if it is autobiography, even if it 's memoir, you are deciding what to give when mm. and how to give it uh, and that 's fiction mm. yeah that, that is the, the the hand of the magician
1: yeah uh, it 's uh, a, a big subject it's a big, a big subject, and it, i think it's it's interesting because you you touch some sort of uh, in a general sense you touch some sort of ethical points here because it would be unethical in a way to invent a holocaust victim yeah. because yeah. you, you uh, why should you invent a holocaust right. victim when there's right. six millions of them or right. more uh so so i but so you in that sense i think you you would need in an ethical way you would need this story exactly. of your grandfather exactly. to be true exactly and therefore we need and that's Part of the play, maybe that we need your interviews saying, telling us this is this is true, true. this is true, yeah. Mm. yeah yeah, yeah, and it is mm. it is, and you have them mm. you have that
2: validation, if you will mm. of, of uh, me being uh, very respectful and very uh, cautious with that story,
1: mm. yeah. especially with that story mm. Spe- and there 's yeah. other stories yeah. that are not yeah. so yeah. delicate, but that one is, and, and this is a very interesting uh, trait about uh, your character because when he is confronted with these stories from the Second World War and yeah. Sachsenhausen. He's not; he's reluctant to yeah. go into them. Yeah, uh, he's in Berlin in the yeah. morning. He's in Berlin, and he's going to Sachsenhausen. He doesn't really want he to go want there. To. No.
3: No. No, 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 no.
1: And no. has why? Why? Why is he? Why doesn't he want to go there? Because because of this kind of overstatement? In, in part, in mm. part, there's something else that is very
2: interesting, and this gets more to Sorg. Every book that I've written. Everyone has been a forbidden book from the bo- first one hmm. yeah uh, this this suicide book. Uh, I know when i 'm writing it that i 'm going against what 's expected of me uh, i 'm telling a story that i shouldn 't tell hmm. uh, you know the Polish boxer I still have uncles my, my father's my grandfather's sons who won 't speak to me. Hmm. Because of it, yeah, mm. yeah. They never read it. It's just that they got offended that I made public something that was that private. Private mm. uh, monastery, a very delicate story. It starts with my arrival in Israel uh, for my sister's Orthodox wedding, um, and then goes somewhere else. Mm. But but it was uh, my sister's forbidden story, so to speak, mm. and she was the first reader. And Sorg, I don't know if. Dori, did we include, yeah, the, the, back, the, the back cover says um, a little bit about this. Uh, this was a story nobody in the family, especially my father, wanted told.
1: Hmm.
2: And he asked me explicitly not to write about because this. Of
1: the, because of this yeah. brother, yeah. Yeah. this and death of this brother. Yeah I, yeah, I
2: was in Guatemala in 2015. The, the story begins with the drowning of, of Salomón. No? Um, se llamaba Salomón. Hmm. That was the first thing I wrote. It's a great first line. I, I I I immediately liked the sound of it. Very biblical. No. Um, I was in Guatemala in 2015, and we were having a, a drink with my with my father. He likes wines, and I asked again, as I did many times, about what happened to his who would have been his older brother. He, he died before my father was born, and he told me a little bit. And right at the end, he said, "But why do you want to know all this?" Hmm. Uh, I said, "I, just, I don't know." Just please don't write about this. Don't write about my brother. Whatever you do, not write about this. And the first thing I did when I got home was, <laughs> was write that line. Mm. Wrote that first page, that first paragraph. And I get a feeling of, um, I, get, I get exhilarated. Because it's forbidden? Yeah, I think mm. so. There's this, there's this uh, don't try to censor me. Mm. Why are you trying to censor? Why are you trying to silence me? I'm going to look even more for that story if you try to silence me. Um, so I kept going. I didn't know where it was headed. I didn't know uh, if it was going to be a novel or, 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 or a story or two pages or hundred pages. I had no idea. I had no idea it was going to go back and forth between childhood and, and, and present tense Amatitlan, mm. this lake in Guatemala. Um, I didn't know anything. I just knew I liked that paragraph. Um, but there is a sense of going against... Uh, censorship,
3: mm.
2: and so so, yeah. I don't I, I don't want to go to the concentration camps. I don't want to tell these stories, but I I feel like I have to.
3: Mm.
2: Yeah, um, and my father again was the first reader. When when I when I finished it, I said I have something to tell you mm. <laughs> that you're not going to like. <laughs> uh, but I, your grandfather did he read the uh, Polish books? That's very interesting. Uh, my grandfather was was uh, he was. His last year, was he, he was not well. Mm. He, he, as soon as he opened up to me, he started opening up more and more and more and more and, and he, then he couldn't contain himself and he started to get a little delusional, uh, especially the last month or two. He thought there were Germans in the room. Mm. He would speak to the, to the officers. He thought his parents were walking around the apartment. Um, So when the book came out, the book came out a year before he died in Spanish. Mm. And my mother read it to him and he cried the whole time. Mm. The day I enter, when he died and and I entered the room and I left this out of the story. I left this part out of the story. The book was on his nightstand. Mm. Um, Mm. I don't know if he got it. I don't know if he understood what I did. But I think part of his, 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 his... Need to open up. What he did was that he thought he was going to take this to the grave.
3: Hmm.
2: He thought that story was going with him.
1: Uh, it ends with me. It hmm. ends
2: with me, and hmm. nobody's going to know what happened uh, during that time. But that's just my
1: my. He never said this, but that's what I that's what I think. Hmm. Um, I want to talk about a bit about your um, identity, in a way, oh. um, because um, when we. Um, When I try to describe your identity in terms of national categories, Mm. it's very difficult. It's very difficult, and I end up with a lot of hyphens. Eduardo Alfon is the Guatemalan Jewish Lebanese Polish American writer, something like that. That's very very close, though. (laughs) (laughs) But um, uh, what do you consider yourself
2: as? nothing. Uh, Nothing. 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 Uh, I probably shouldn't be saying this because there's several of my chapines here. Uh, but I don't feel Guatemalan. No. No, tomorrow is Guatemala's independence. Uh, and there's a lot I love about Guatemala and there's a lot I hate. Uh, and I think most of us from Guatemala can relate to that, to that statement, uh, especially now. You know, there's, there's a lot going on there that we don't care for. But I've never felt Guatemala. And I think you could, you could say that I left early I left young and and, and that's why, no, I, I, I never I lost the feel the Guatemalanness. Mm. But that's not true. I remember growing up in Guatemala. We were one of maybe 100 Jewish families in, in the country. Mm. So it's a very very small, small Jewish place. community, maybe 800 people. If you ask other Guatemalans, they think it's many more because mm. there's four synagogues and, you know, <laughs> it's this illusion of a but it was <laughs> a very very small community. Mm. So all of my friends were Catholic. All of them in school, uh, and you start noticing that you don't do what they do. You know, you're not allowed to celebrate Christmas, and you're not you're not doing a first communion. And you, you know, and and, and this is a country that revolves around those holidays. It's mm-hmm. all it's, it's a very Catholic calendar, no? Yeah. Uh, Holy Week, and and the holidays are Catholic holidays, and we didn't do it. We didn't observe, no. So it's almost like. Growing up, watching the the football match from the sidelines, yeah, mm. you can watch, but you mm. can't play. Mm. So you never really get into the the country. And I think this is a very Jewish thing, uh, not just a Guatemalan Jewish thing. I think Jews in general will first be Jewish mm. and then Mexican, or then Argentinian. No, mm. um, they'll they'll chameleon themselves to a to appear to be from where they're at. Um, Wittgenstein wrote about this the mm. chameleon effect of the Jew. Zelig mm. from Muriali is exactly Uriale. that. Mm. No? How you can almost contort your physical appearance to survive. It's a survival strategy. But you're never really there. You're never from
1: there. Right? But this kind of lack of home, which is, yeah. uh, in a yeah. way. Uh, but I'm not, I don't feel American either. You don't feel American? No, no, no. No, no. no, no, no even less.
2: Even less. but I sound. I can sound American. You can sound. I can <laughs> dress American. <laughs> yeah. uh, I can. I can be called Eddie. I'm called Ed yeah, now. No. Eddie as a kid, but mm. Ed now.
3: Mm.
2: Yeah. Uh, so I could. I could do that. And when I go to Spain, because I'm also Spanish mm. by passport, my Spanish becomes Castellano mm. immediately, and I can appear a Spaniard. So uh, the world is your state. Uh, as you know, can tell. As I can tell, I don't have
1: a Dublin. Mm.
2: Yeah, I don't no. have a city. No. So I, I'm 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 making the world my city. I I
1: write about anywhere, um, almost looking for that city. No. I thought about this um, this uh, joke that's been told in parts of East Europe, uh, Eastern Europe, where things are back around uh, uh, the other way around. Mm-hmm. It's the story that goes something like it's a joke that goes something like this that a man is born in Austria goes to school in Poland, marries in Germany, gets his children in the Soviet Union, and dies in Ukraine. Mm. And never in his life, so goes the joke, does he leave his village. Yeah. Because that's history, in a way. Yeah. But your story is other way around because it's the it's, it's, uh, Woj, uh, and there's Beirut, and right. there's Lebanese, and there's... Right. Right, and, and that is
2: part, the part of my identity that people understand the least, mm. that I'm both Jewish and Arab I'm both mm. um, my grandfather was Lebanese, Halfon um, my grandmother was Egyptian both Jews, but left Alexandria and, and, and Beirut, and their household in my, in my childhood was absolutely Arabic, mm. they spoke Arabic the food was Arabic um, there's things that I have in my memory that I don't know if they're Jewish or Arabic. There's words that I don't know if they're Hebrew or Arabic mm. uh, or dishes that she would cook. So that it was just one, one thing. Uh, I, and this is what uh, monastery is about. I use Israel as a context and my sister's Orthodox wedding to delve into that
3: mm.
1: part of my identity. Um, but I'm both. But uh, does this kind of multi-layered identity Uh, Has been able to. to, Does it reflect? It reflects in your book, but it has been able to. You have been able to go to places where you couldn't have gone. I'd I'd like to go to Beirut, Mm. but I think I.
2: I don't know if I can. Mm. Uh, So that's a concrete example. Um, But this is, I think, for in literary terms, this is a good thing. Mm. Yeah. Um, It also happens linguistically. Mm. I'm neither in Spanish or English. I'm somewhere in between. Hmm. Uh, no? in, in terms of language, I don't have an identity either. So the nice thing, or the beautiful thing, would for you to say now. So literature is your home.
3: Hmm. <laughs> no,
2: no. Hmm. I've, 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 <laughs> I've been writing for 15 years now, waiting for somebody to kick me out. I, 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 I shouldn't be here, Matisse. I, I was not meant to be a writer. Hmm. You know, I was groomed to be a very dutiful uh firstborn Jewish boy you know and, and the, the, that that follows a certain path and something happened when I was in my late twenties, and everything went upside down and, and but I shouldn't be a writer i I'm still waiting for somebody to notice this <laughs> uh.
1: but maybe i am I'm, uh, I'm a bit obsessed about this uh, uh idea of identity because yeah. because in Norway, being a Norwegian writer is an easy answer. Yeah. I'm a Norwegian writer because yeah. I write in Norwegian. Yeah. And our national identity is really connected, it's so strongly connected to our language. Mm. And it was fought for and constructed in a way, in parts of it anyway, mm. as a national language to yeah. create the nation. And that differs radically from... You uh, and your background, but also your knowledge of English and Spanish, which are both global global languages. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, I, I don't know why I started in Spanish. You know that
2: that moment when I began writing, um, I didn't know Spanish when I began writing. I, I kind of knew it, uh, but it, I just started in Spanish. One answer, one possible answer, is is that I was back in Guatemala. Yeah? I was I was at the university. I was reading in Spanish. I was living back in Spanish. But a, a, a more beautiful answer, and I think a truer answer, is that my childhood was in Spanish. Mm. Not my mother tongue, but my child. Those, those first ten years. And if you read my, my stories with that in mind, uh, they make more sense. Mm. Most of my stories, most of my books, are looking back or are, are, are trying to find my way back there. Yeah, almost like a paradise lost, where you know I was I was I was kicked out, mm. and I'm trying to get back to those ten years, and they were in Spanish. Uh, my grandfather told the joke in Spanish. Salomon died, or didn't die? We don't mm. in the lake in Spanish. Mm. A prettier answer, mm. but I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I live mm. somewhere in between, um, and it and it works. My Spanish is very contaminated by English. It's not proper Spanish. Mm. I've, I've developed my own private Spanish that works, literary, hmm. literary in literary terms.
1: But there's, there's a lot of examples of uh, uh, writers doing this. Nabokov... Into English. It's, no? it's mostly to English, no? Conrad. Yeah. Yeah. Alexander Hemon.
2: Hemon. Um, mm-hmm. Valeria Lucelli, who was just here, is now writing in English hmm. while living in, in Philadelphia. Hmm. So yeah, you see, uh, not so much going back to Spanish. No, I don't know of another case who, who, of a writer who goes back to Spanish. Um, the smart thing would have been to write in English. There's more of a market. There's you know, my books started being published elsewhere once they were in English. Mm. They needed to be in English first so that the, a Japanese editor or a Norwegian editor could read them. They mm. couldn't read them in Spanish. Mm. English was the gateway into into other other countries. Mm. Um, But I don't know, it's just just Spanish seems natural to me Hmm. when I write
1: literature and fiction. Um, One trait that describes both um, our hero, Eduardo Helfon, and the stories he narrates is their openness. Yeah. Uh, And the world seeps in, in a way, um, as we talked about. And that has to do with Eduardo's... Jewish, Polish, Lebanese, and so on background, but also how the stories evolve. And we've discussed this a bit, but I want to talk a bit more about it because nothing goes according to plan. No, so it's nothing. And this
3: well,
1: There is no plan,
2: no. but when you start reading, you think there's a plan. You think you know where this is going, no? Mm. When you, when you start yeah. one of the stories. As I do when I'm writing it. I also have ideas. They never go there. Mm. They never go there. I'll give you a concrete example. Um, monastery, when I arrived for the sisters' Orthodox wedding, I could envision the ending of that book being the wedding. This crazy, mm. you know, spectacle of a wedding.
1: Tempting, in a way. Yeah, it? It,
2: it, it never arrives. No. It didn't arrive. It didn't arrive. It never got there. I got to an ending that was the ending, and I stopped. And so there's readers who still uh, want that wedding because it was in their mind. When they started the book, they Mm. were offered a wedding Mm. and they want it in in, in some way.
1: As you offered a Polish boxer. As I
2: offer a Polish boxer. Mm. um, As I offer more information at the beginning of Sorg. Mm. And and it it goes elsewhere. It goes Mm. deeper into Guatemala than it does into this little boy. Mm. Uh, I thought the book was going to go to New York. You know why. We mm. won't tell them why. Mm. And, and never got there. So I also have expectations that are rapidly destroyed. Rapidly. And I think th- that, going back to Conroy, I mm. think that is what makes them short stories, much more so than length. Mm. Yeah? That, that idea of r- surprise, um, their intensity, mm. you know, that the the should be read with certain intensity, mm. uh, written with that intensity, uh, and th- th- the resisting the're resisting the expectation of, of the reader yeah they're almost almost like I'm resisting uh, being trying to be silenced
1: hmm. yeah but and, and the strange thing happens uh, in my view that when we read about the Polish boxer and we get a half Serbian pa- piano player yeah. it it makes sense uh, yeah. Yeah. even though yeah. And his search for his gypsy identity it parallels parallels the narrator's yeah, search. Yeah, the yeah, 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 And one crucial uh, motive in both these books are the quest. Yeah, you know. That's a great word. Does it exist it, in Norwegian? No, I don't think so. It doesn't exist in Spanish. No, no.
2: There's no word for quest in Spanish. You'd say uh, when, I,
1: when I ask my writers, you need a quest. I, I ask. I use that word. You, you Use the English quest. word. Yes.
2: I know the English word. Yeah, yeah. This guy is on a quest that he doesn't know of. Hmm. He doesn't know he's on a quest. He doesn't know exactly what that Grail is that he's looking for. But he's looking for something,
1: uh, and you can feel that in, in, in the stories, in in the books. But in uh, but I'm not sure that's true though, because in morning, uh, he, the narrator Eduardo, goes to this lake hmm. to investigate. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, we believe that the, to investigate the death, the death of his uncle, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. but or the memory, or of the memory, the memory. Of it, and the memory of it, yeah, and the, the and that suddenly it becomes a a book about memory, right, hmm. right, and 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 the
2: falseness of memory, and the and the and the, uh, the the uncertainty of memory, uh, and what he finds is something else, hmm. yeah. He's hmm. looking for more details about. What really happened? Not not so much with the boy, but with his remembering of the boy. I don't want to ruin this for. for mm. And what he finds is something else. He he finds. the the broken foot. No. Yes, yes. you know but what, f- what
1: i But about. he also he also, uh, and that I think is really interesting, is that he insists in a way that even the false memories yeah. are true. Right. Right. Because he have. Yeah, been living with them. Right, it is
2: a thing. It's a thing.
3: Yeah, mm. yeah.
2: And I've been living with this for thirty years, so it is real mm. to me. I don't know where it came from. I don't know, but it it is real to me. Um, the the curious thing, Mathis, is that he needs help always.
3: Mm.
2: Yeah, mm. Uh, he needs a, a potion mm. in this case, this magical potion, in order to see what he needs to see. Yeah. Um, and the same thing happens in in most of my books. There's there's Guide us. there's guides to this narrator that help him out that sort out the way you no know? um it's usually women very strong mm. women uh yeah he's not he's 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 uh lost he mm. seems lost he's lost in language as well mm. you no know? he says something and then but it could be this but it could be that there's no certainty in 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 his speech or in his life or in his search um
1: but he accepts that in a way. Yeah. He, he accepts yeah. that his memories are uh, uncertain right. and uh, that he can't be sure that it really happened. Yeah. I, I was thinking about... Um, Borges uh, wrote a really beautiful story called Shakespeare's Memory. Yeah. And the story is that he... It's about a Shakespeare scholar uh, getting Shakespeare's memory the whole bag, the whole deal. He gets it into his head. That's the premise of the story. Uh, and he thinks, of course, that now I'm going to write the ultimate biography, Shakespeare biography, and because I know everything. But suddenly he started, starts to... Uh, not, he's not sure what his mother tongue are, he's not sure uh, who, which woman he had the first time. Was it the brothel in Vienna or was it this right. uh, lady in somewhere in England? Uh, and the interesting thing which I think is correlates to your books is that the, it's the fictional characters of memory. You can't be sure and, yes. the, and the memory yeah. really yeah. blends together. And that's why I think in fiction, fiction
2: is a great vehicle for this mm. because fiction allows for that, uh, that game. No? Uh, I think Marlon James was talking about three versions of one same act. You know, everybody's remembrance of how it happened is different. Mm. Is different. When I when I mentioned Salomon to my brother, he doesn't remember it. He lived it with me. Mm. Uh, he didn't remember it at all. You, and you remember it differently as you get older, as well. You start changing that that memory, mm. uh, and that works wonders in fiction. You can you can really really play with that uh, and play with the reader as
1: well. But you can play with the reader, but also. Uh uh, uh, a possibility for dissolution. Yes. Because when, as an example, when the grandfather tells the story about the Polish boxer right. to his grandson, right. but later the grandson reads in the newspaper right. when the grandfather has begun to talk about it, he reads that he survived Auschwitz because he was a, a carpenter.
2: carpenter. My grandfather had several versions. Mm. Yeah, I found this out late. No? He had given me the... The, the, the boxer version which they don't, most of them don't know yet but he was saved in Auschwitz because of a boxer more or less uh, but then I read in a newspaper, in an interview he gave that he was saved because of his abilities as a carpenter and I, 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 he told several versions mm. of why he was saved at Auschwitz and once I asked him why do you give different versions to, to different people and I said I give everybody the, the version he deserves mm. <laughs> so my grandfather was almost uh, uh, writing fiction about that that memory. Mm-hmm. No, he had different variations of it, different uh, explanations for it, and he would give you the one he wanted.
1: Uh, yeah. So I, 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 I get the feeling that uh, uh, when we discuss now and um, the big book, the Polish boxer that we see. Uh, in coming. the distant future, distant, uh, coming, you have lots of more to write about. I don't know. Yeah, you do. I don't. I don't know. I, I don't, don't know?
2: know. This is the question I get from my publishers. What's what? what are you What's working? Next? At? I don't know. I don't know. My son was born two years ago, and, and since he was born, uh, I've been a father. You know this. Mm. You know this. This is. Uh, yeah. So so my life was turned upside down by a little boy. So I don't know what's coming next. I don't know if if, if, if this voice uh, continues. I don't know where he's going. I don't know if he's going to re- go back. Go. I have no idea.
1: Don't you want to... Uh, sometimes you want to kill him off? Yes, I do. Yes.
2: Yeah, and, and, yeah, I do. Because either he dies or I die. Yeah, yeah. That's the way it ends, no? <laughs> yes. uh, there's no other way out. No, there's now. no way I out. painted myself into a corner.
1: Now I have to end this somehow. Uh, yeah, that's... that's uh, if suddenly you get an idea for a science fiction novel, you know... You know that, what? Mm-hmm. That would be fantastic. <laughs> it would be so much easier to talk about science
2: fiction <laughs> or just, just a, a regular novel than to try to explain all, why I do what I do. Hmm. Why do I give him my name? Why do I put my bio in there? Why does he smoke? Why, why are you linking stories? Why, why is it such a mess? Hmm. It's really complicated. And I have to do this (laughs) over and over and over. Uh, I have little diagrams about this, Venn diagrams, Mm. that I'm going to project on Sunday. Because it's easier to see it, Mm. yeah, of of what I'm doing. I'm very much an engineer. Mm. So I I, I visually diagrammed my books. Uh, It would be a lot easier if I was a a, a noir writer, I think.
1: Mm.
2: But I'm not. I'm not. I'm this mess.
1: But uh, I must say it has been a pleasure and Likewise. easy to talk yeah. with you about this um, <laughs> I really uh, have to say I hadn't read Eduardo von before I said yes to do this show and to do this conversation and there are two beautifully magnificent books I must just say that because I really was moved by them and thank you mm. thank you <laughs> thank you